You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 144 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. And Jay. Hello. So on this week's episode, we're going to be talking quite a bit about Warhammer Plus, which is a brand new subscription service that Games Workshop are putting out. And initially, um, this obviously is going to be the home of uh, all the, the new animations that we've got on the horizon, but it's also home to a whole lot more. So uh, we're going to be discussing that later on in the show. And our top three this week is also going to be uh, focusing on Warhammer Plus. And we're going to be asking the question of things we'd like to see on Warhammer Plus at some point in the future, potential shows, different things. It'll all become clear once we've had the, the Warhammer Plus segment later on in the show. Uh, we have also got uh, some news to discuss, but before we get into all of that, let's talk about what we've been doing in the hobby this week. So, Matt, do you want to start us off? Well, it's been a fairly busy week in the hobby because I was trying to get some uh, a 600-point army painted ready for a game of Age of Sigmar uh, path to glory so over the last week i have painted lots of zombies i couldn't give you an exact number of how many zombies lots of zombies <laughs> i don't want to paint any more zombies guys i've had my fill of zombies <laughs> i know i know all the players are like oh yeah take take units of 60 zombies I've, I've nearly painted that and that's that's enough for me i've also painted a unit of wolves they were dead quick and easy to paint use a mixture of contrast and dry brushing as did my unit of Felbats and my Vampire and Necromancer that are very nearly done that are on the desk in front of me. And on top of all that, started painting the Warhammer Underworld's uh, Deepkin Warband as well. So yeah, oh, and had a game of and had a game of Warhammer with Jay live on the stream, which uh, I guess we can talk about in Jay's segment. But uh, yeah, that's it's been a lot of painting, and the the, the 600 points of Gravelord's nearly done. You get a lot more models in 600 points of Gravelord's than you do in Ogus, where I had 11 <laughs> yeah. models, I think. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, you get plenty of models, plenty of zombies. They're looking really good, Matt. Especially the zombies, I really like yeah. those. Cheers. If I did a Gravelord's army, it'd be it'd be zombies all the way, I think. Would you would you be able to paint 120 zombies though, Dave? Would you have the willpower? Because I don't know if I do. We'll we'll see we'll see once I've painted 120 rats. Maybe <laughs> um, maybe then I won't want to paint 120 zombies, but we'll we'll see. Um, so Jay, what have you been up to? Uh, well, we we had our first my first Age of Sigmar uh, free uh, game at the weekend. Um, and I wanted to make sure I had a fully painted um, Lumineth Path to Glory Army to take there. Um, so I have painted up a unit of um, Sentinels um, who performed very, very well on the in the battle. Um, I painted up a um, Venari Lord Regent. So the, the one I converted up. So it's it's sort of a cross between the special character and the, uh, the uh, generic version. Um, he was awesome as well. Um, He's quite tanky with his minus He's one to hit in. Yeah. Um, but I really liked his magical sort of. Um, he sort of improved. He, he enabled the rest of my army to cast their spells more freely because his greater power, he sort of activates the power he on, on multiple units. Although I think I did only roll one unit for two of the times he cast it, <laughs> but there you go. Um, 
Da, 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 da. I finished painting my um, Lumineth Lawseeker, who I didn't use in the Crusade, but um, she will be joining the Pat- not Crusade, Patagoy. She will be joining my um, Lumineth army at some point in the future once I've got enough glory and enough glory to bring in a, a um, Venari Blade Lords bodyguard unit for her. Um, and then um, I've decided to start painting up my Sisters of Battle Crusade. So I've pretty much almost finished the um, Saint Potentius. So this is the um, Sister of Battle Palatine, who's going to be my um, uh, warlord for the Crusade that we're doing. Um, so she's like the Sisters of Battle Lieutenant option. Um, she's such a nice model to paint. Um, I was a bit um, disappointed that I, I didn't have the, I can't remember, was it? Tariana Palace, I think her name was, who I was going to use. But after building and painting this new Palatine model, I think she came out first in the Dark Eldar versus the Pythian Pain, she is it? She did, yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, um, she's really nice, really, really nice. So, um, yeah, so I've almost finished her. And then I'm going to get cracking on with some more Sisters of Battle, I think, especially after the uh, Warhammer Community article that went out today. Yeah, we'll um, be chatting about that in a little bit because uh, I think I'll be painting up something to match your uh, forces there, Jay. Excellent. Um, so you two have been um, quite busy on the old painting front. Uh, I've been um, continuing painting Cruel Boys really this week. So uh, my gut rippers are done. Um, the hobgrots are nearly there. I was painting the killer boss on foot um, on last night's stream, which was really fun. Um, I think really, I've, I've, oh the Bolt Boys, I finished those as well. They were really really cool. I've got the, um, I've got quite a few bases to <laughs> um, to dry brush uh, straight after we've recorded the podcast tonight. And I also have got the Merc Knob with Banner. Um, seem to have accidentally left him towards last, so um, I'll get cracking on him. Um, seeing how we'll see how I get on tonight, maybe tomorrow. Um, but they they are they are fantastic models, and I, you guys like all you Auric fans when you finally get your hands on Dominion, you're going to really enjoy these models. Um, they look really nice. They look really, really cool. I mean, I picked I picked the side of the box with less models. I think there's more hobgrots in the Dominion box yeah. than Storm, <laughs> including the one on the base of one of yours. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I yeah, absolutely. Um, which I painted as a slash job indicator um, because that's that's my Storm host, isn't it? So um, I, I enjoyed that. So uh, apart from that, um, I've, I've not really I've not really had a chance to do much more hobby. I've um, been playing around with Skavenless, Path to Glory. I can't wait to start on those. Um, hopefully, I will really want to start on those this week if I can. Um, I really want to get cracking on those so I can get a game with you guys and get the Path to Glory started with them. And I've also been playing with a few um, starter Crusade armies for uh, the Astra Militarum. You know, you oh, guys yeah, have been talking about, you know, your sister battle and your Chaos Space Marines. So, yeah, I really want to um, get a force of those on the battlefield as well to, to start me off on a crusade. So yeah, lots of theory, theory hammering. That, uh, the hard well. thing is going to be deciding what to play, isn't it? Oh, well, this is it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I can't forget, I've still got Kragnos sealed in a box needing to be built and painted as well. So lots of hobbying at the moment. He's the um, kind of model you have to free up like a weekend for to get him built and primed and based and things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he would he would absolutely be next on my painting desk if it wasn't for the fact that our path to glory is now started and I really want the Skaven to be my main army. So I really need to get cracking on those. Otherwise, you know, I don't want to be taking bare plastic onto our streams. I want to take uh, painted rats. So uh, they they absolutely need to be next in the queue. I think. Uh, awesome. So yeah. Should we have a little chat about the uh, the battle we had then, Jay? Oh, yeah. So this was cool. I mean, you'd played Age of Sigmar 3 before, so this is my first um, uh, Age of Sigmar 3 game. 
Uh, but this was both of our first Path to Glory. Yeah, I mean, we, um, we, me, me, me and David used uh, the Path to Glory, uh, what's it called, Battle Pack for our Dominion battle where with the Stormcast versus the Cruel Boys. But this is very much our first, yeah, proper 600 points, starting small and scaling up. And you know what? I really enjoyed the small-scale game. <laughs> well, it was like that. I know when we play Warhammer 40,000 now, I enjoy 1,000-point battles more than... I mean, prior to 9th, it was always at least 2,000 for me, so you could use all the good stuff. But I really enjoy the 1,000-point Warhammer 40,000 games we play. And yeah, I, I'm with you, Matt. That 600 pound, uh, 600 pound, 600 point battle. I only had four units, but it was all, it was really really fun. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's 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 six Path to Glory missions in the book, and I imagine we're probably going to get a full uh, battle pack with another 12 missions in, and that'll mix things up a little bit. But um, no, it was good. It was good. There's some different stuff in that in that battle pack, isn't there? Yeah. You know, the one that we were playing, basically, you'd ambushed me, and my guys were just trying to kind of get out of dodge. Unfortunately, you can't run very far away from heat-seeking elven <laughs> arrows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, they're going to be a bit of a, a force on a, on a small battlefield, I think. Yeah, but no, it's all good. And obviously, as as we go up in points, I think once we hit the 1,000 points mark, we'll probably switch over to some of the uh, match play missions, which is on a full-size table. And hopefully by then, if the if the Path to Glory packs out, we'll be able to switch between those different size uh, battlefields because, yeah, I think the small footprint really kind of, I don't know, it, it was fun, wasn't it? It was fun. We were talking during the game that it actually felt like there was a purpose to why these units were fighting, whereas sometimes it can feel a bit abstract when you're playing a game of Age of Sigmar where you, you're moving, you're trying to get the most models on a certain point of the battlefield and with no real narrative feeling for why those units might be at that point in the battlefield whereas during our game you know we could really envisage the ogres trying to break out of their corner i was positioning my units of high elves to sort of hold the line and keep you penned in um, yeah it it, it 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 felt like a like we were playing a war game rather than a um tactical like tactics game yeah well one, one fun thing that we can do is obviously we, we've not touched on open play missions so at 750 points use that small footprint and then there's some charts to roll up the uh, the mission and we were saying on the stream obviously it took a bit long because we we're talking through it but that is the kind of game you could probably rattle through in an hour and a half maybe yeah yeah very yeah, it was quick. really good and um like i say before, when we do the um when we do the 40k stuff as well i'm a fairly certain thousand points in 40k is on that size battlefield as well i think i think the armies are relatively smaller in 40k than what they've scaled down to in aos aren't they Yes. So yeah, so yeah, no, it, was, it was it was fun. I think the next battle we're doing is on Saturday, and there was there was talk of uh, Dave taking on Jay. What did we say? It was um, Uruk versus dwarfs, maybe. Yeah, well, I've been I've been writing some dwarf um, path to crusade for me, Medwardin. It'll have, it'd be like a city of Sigma army, I guess. Um, but I'm also half tempted to get the Sylvaneth going. So I don't know yet. Mm. I've undecided yet. It may be Sylvaneth. You're not the only one who's kind of maybe backtracking on the army, actually, Jay, because um, after what Matt said when we were doing the stream yesterday about the Oracle book being so close, um, probably, um, it probably would make sense to kind of hold off on that path to glory. So actually, Jay, I might be bringing the Caradrons. The Caradrons, Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's exciting. That'd be really cool, actually. Yeah, two different style armies. Oh, I can, yeah. I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. Yeah. So Dave, yeah. in my path to glory, I've got two Durfus and uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm <have> not <any> Durfus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm bringing an ironclad. 
no, 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 definitely not bringing in an ironclad and six hundred points. Um, so yeah, that should be uh, that should be good fun. Uh, looking forward to it. I did um, watch back you guys because I was I was busy on Saturday, so I watched um, your battle over on YouTube, of which I'll pop the link in the podcast notes. Uh, and it, it did look like a, a really fun battle. I did feel sorry for the ogres, in particular your tyrant Matt, because I was really willing him on um, to, to <laughs> do some damage on that Lord Regent, and it just wasn't to be. Um, it's a bit of an uneventful combat actually between those two characters. They were sort of on the arrival of the wardens. their arms about each other. Yeah. <laughs> the wardens really... had to step in and go, look, we'll sort this out, guys. <laughs> I really like the um, the command ability, how the whole way that works now, your command points, how they generate each turn, and you, you have to sort of ration them out through the t- the two turns, and then how you can um, issuing commands at, at key points in the battle in the opponent's turn. It, it's a really, it's like another layer, another level that you have to think it, about during it was, the game. Um, what I did like, actually, on, on that subject, Jay, is for anybody who hasn't played a game of AOS 3 yet, it was quite a good game to show off the difference. I think you, between you, you used all the different heroic abilities, I think, and you definitely used uh, a good deal of the command abilities. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's monsters need to feature in our next battle. I might I have a tree lord in my Path to Glory 600-point Sylvaneth. It's an Arch Revenant, some Tree Revenants, some Kernoff Hunters, and a Tree Lord. Well, I've, I've written your 600-point list for your Caradrons there, Dave. Oh, an, an Endrin Master with Endrin Harness and an Arcanaut Ironclad. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly legal 600-point to Glory Army. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, maybe. We'll see. I don't, I don't think I'll be fitting an Ironclad in, uh, in the first 600 points, but we'll, we'll see. Right, that brings us to the end of our introduction into this week's episode. We have plenty to get through, so we're going to take a pause and come back with this week's news. What do we have in this week's news, Matt? Well, we've had a few quiet weeks, obviously, with Dominion on the way, and and this week's no different, but we do have a few pre-orders. Are you a fan of uh, Ogres in Blood Bowl, Dave? Well, I just happen to be, yes. Well, you'll be pleased to know that there's a bit of a an ogre accessories day for, for Blood Bowl. <laughs> we have got an ogre pitch with dugouts, some ogre dice and the ogre uh, team cards, which are really handy with all the stats on. You can just lie them down next to the battlefield. And they've also got your special play cards and stuff. So those kind of things are always worth picking up for any Blood Bowl players. And that's really it from Games Workshop on Saturday. A very, very light uh, pre-order. That's not all the miniatures we've got this week, though, because on Friday, Malikhurst the Twisted is uh, up for pre-order from Forge World. Now, we saw this model a long time ago and suspected it was plastic, so I assume it's a, a resin Forge World model. Um, and yeah, up, up for pre-order on, on, on Friday. Now, seems a strange time to release some random Horus Heresy models, doesn't it? Especially a random mm-hmm. uh, Sons of Horus character who've not had any models for a long time. It's almost as if this is maybe leading up to a big box featuring the Sons of Horus. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what that might be about? But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be picking up Malagos because I've got quite I've got about 3,000 points of Sons of Horus at the minute. You've got um, the uh, the original Malagos as well, haven't you? I, I think. do, yeah. So, yeah. so he's, I think... On the Forge World website, it's down as Sons of Horus Command, but um, it's it's basically a a commander model with with um, two options: one with a banner, one without a banner. 
one with a helmet, one with a horrifically scarred face, almost as if it's some fella who's like, you know, the equerry of the war master with a horrific disfigured face and gets a horrible nickname for, who definitely isn't Malikurth the Twisted. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I think they actually said in, in one of the books that that is the model to represent him. But uh, yeah. it's this, I mean, this model's much nicer. Than, you know, it's a lot more modern. Oh, yeah. That was one of the very early Horus Heresy releases, the original uh, Sons of Horus stuff. So, yeah. yeah, it's come on a long way. So, I mean, and the good thing is I'll still be able to use those old models as a Praetor or, you know, Legion Command with a banner. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited because that could be a sign of some uh, Sons of Horus on the way. Spoilers. We've kind mm-hmm. of seen the contents of the box already, haven't we? Surely it can't be too far away now for Games Witcher to show us the glorious HD images of that box and the plastic Spartan. I'll wait yeah. for a plastic Spartan. So, yeah, so that's exciting. And, yeah, that's really it for pre-orders this weekend. Again, Dominion's Dominions out on Saturday, so that's got the real focus. Now, speaking of Saturday, at 5 p.m. on Saturday, there is the Warhammer Dominion Day preview, which is a bit of a mouthful. But presumably this will show us what is coming next for Age of Sigmar. So if I'm a better man... And I mean, this is blatantly obvious. I think the first releases are going to be Codex, uh, Stormcast, uh, Codex, Order Battle Tome, Stormcast Eternals, and Destruction Battle Tome. Uh, Uruk Warclans presumably will be the first two books out of the gate, with an accompanying assortment of miniatures. We've seen a couple of uh, miniatures, haven't we? Like the Chariot and the the Siege Troll, uh, the siege troll and the the kind of crossbow guy. Um, we also know there's the new scenery range coming as well, which I don't think we've seen. I think we might have seen some pictures on Warcom and there's some pictures in the Dominion rulebook. Now, presumably we're going to have kind of multi-part kits coming out alongside the uh, the Uruk and the Stormcast books as well. Now, if you cast your mind back to last year, the way the release worked was that the box came out. That was then followed by a scenery box, like a battlefield in a box, essentially, that came with a playing surface for, coincidentally, as we were just chatting about it, Thousand Point Games. And I believe that the new um, prefab uh, Dawnbringer Crusade building set is going to be in that box as well, which gives you a nice Thousand Point battlefield themed around these uh essentially they're airlifting kind of prefab buildings into the uh into the realms to make little strongholds for this uh dawnbringer crusade to fight out from which is a cool concept and mm. there'll be some cool models to go with it uh and with indomitus last year we then got the three different sized uh 40k starter boxes as well because don't forget dominion isn't a, a starter <laughs> box it's a, it's a it's a launch box so it's more aimed at existing players where presumably we'll get the same, it'll be the same content as Dominion, minus maybe the big sprue, spread across those three boxes, with the biggest one again probably containing some of that scenery as well, and dice and rulers and all the stuff that you need to learn how to play the game. And alongside that was the push fit kit, so we had the ATV and the um, the uh, Canoptic Doomstalker thing. So I reckon that's probably the release order we're going to see here we see those starter boxes we see the big scenery box we get the four push fit kits that we've seen and then maybe you know a week or two after that we then get the battle tomes and all the new releases with them with a little week or two gap in the middle probably being the uh the orcs for 40k their launch box so that's what i'm seeing july orders being like now on this preview 
I think we'll probably see a lot of the Stormcast and the uh, the Crawlboy stuff come in. I mean, you never know, Dave. There could be some other Warclan stuff in there, not just the Crawlboys. Well, that would be very awesome. Because obviously they're part of the same army. You know, it's, it, we've not really had that before. It'd be the equivalent of, say, a new Sylvaneth book coming out with a big focus being on um, Kernothy, but a few cheeky Sylvaneth models thrown in there as well. You know, it's it's certainly a possibility. So I think that'd be pretty cool. I don't know if we'll see any content outside of Age of Sigmar, um, because obviously it's a Dominion themed preview. But we might get a few little teasers, you know, maybe the next season of Warhammer Underworlds with all the warbands out now. That normally comes out about August time. These previews normally cover the next three months. So that's certainly within the window. Could we see this Horus Heresy box? Maybe. I personally think it'll be later on in the year because they normally do those kind of things of the big November release. So that'd realistically be the next preview. Could we see maybe the contents of the Grey Knights versus Thousand Suns box? Again, possibly. It, it's whether this is entirely on Age of Sigmar or we get a few little things thrown in for the uh, the masses as well. What what do you guys think? What would you guys like to see? I mean, it'd be really cool to see the next battle tome after stormcast and uh uruk war clans but i really don't think that's going to happen because the focus yeah. is going to be on those two books and the models coming out alongside it yeah i think you're absolutely spot on i think we'll see the rest of their cr- new cruel boy stuff and um, i think we'll see a couple more stormcast kits uh, and the new books i think they'll be the the, the the big focus um i actually I don't know if they'll do the free tier starter box like they do with 40k, but they might do this time because um, they did the free tier 40k on the last edition as well, I think. Yep. But they and never they did, did with, with Age of Sigmar. No, they did. Age of Sigmar also had three starter boxes. Both systems have for a couple of editions now. Oh, have they? Yep. Um, I forgot about that. I just All I can think about is Soul Wars. I didn't realise they had um, uh, small ones. So, yeah, yeah, oh, had... yeah, you're absolutely right then. So that's, that's why I mentioned like, it. Um, uh, a bit of a roadmap, future roadmap to A Sigma 3, keeping the momentum going. Uh, you know, we're not going to see the next battle tomes, maybe the next sort of campaign releases um, that are coming along uh, for the rest of this year. Um, that's, a good, that's a good shout because we'll probably see the details of the Path to Glory expansion and what's going to be in that expansion as well because there's a few things within the Path to Glory rules that point towards stuff that we don't have rules yet, like outposts. There's, there's there's references to creating outposts and a cap of the number of outposts you've got. We've said in the past, wouldn't it be cool if you could fight over your territories as well? Yeah. Maybe scenery pieces to represent the different territories, stuff like that would be cool to see. So, yeah, so that's the um, that's the preview. We also saw a little bit of news on Warcom today about uh, Warzone Charadon. It's been in a trailer, so we know how to say it now. <laughs> Book two, the Book of Fire. And this uh, basically is all about. So in in the first book, Typhus essentially besieged um, uh, Metallica. Metallica. Yeah, we've got the the Dark Mechanicum on the way, which is really really exciting. We've got various Chaos Legions on the way. There's a rift in the warp that's going to consume everything. That's generally a bad thing. Uh, the uh, Adeptor Sororitas are, are valiantly fighting on the surface. And the Grey Knights, I believe, are on the way because of the imminent demonic incursion. Well, it looks like book two uh, features said demonic uh, incursion as Bellacor and his um, 
forget what it's called. The Disciples of Bellacor is his own personal army, and that's made up of mortals and demons, which is a nice different type of army that you can do. And I'm very much all in for that kind of thing. Also mentioned on here are the um, Order of Armated Lady with uh, Morven Val kind of leading the assault. You've got the model. It's a glorious looking model, isn't it? Uh, isn't it? She's too, I've completely forgot I got the model. Yeah, I'll have to get some paint on her then if uh, if we're going to have an Abelacor Morven Val face off. Absolutely, got to be done. Got to be done. Yeah. Okay. And also, right. Interestingly, there's there's a big mention again of Heptis Kelleng, the fabricator general of Forge World Metallica. Now again, there's a big beastie on the cover of the yeah. Mechanicus book, and he is there's it's a smart work on Warcom, which looks to me like entirely new artwork with stuff that doesn't represent models that we've got. I wonder if, and this would be annoying if they did it in some ways, but I wonder if at the tail end of this series we get a fabricated general model. Yeah, I, I thought exactly the same thing when I saw that artwork today. How, you know, is that is that the model that we saw on the cover of, Adep- of the Adeptus uh, Mechanicus Codex? It would be so cool. Yeah, so uh, if you take uh, Heptus Kelling as well, you can unlock the Skatari Veteran cohort, which makes your Skatari Rangers and Vanguard even better in battle, Dave. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to this one. I enjoyed the uh, the story of the first one, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what we get. For the Death Guard, um, obviously the Death Guard are featured quite heavily in the first book. The Typhus is still leading the Crusade, but there's rules for another seven traitor legions within this book and other renegade legions as well. So it looks like we get a nice mix of love. Um, I hope it hope it kind of keeps up to the highs of what we've seen in Broken Realms, really, because it'd be nice to mm. see some of those big earth-shattering events happening in 40k because outside of i mean even the fall of cadia was a bit phoned in wasn't it yeah so it'd be good to see some like revelations that we're not expecting big things that happen people die that we're not expecting to die that kind of stuff is what i really want to see from that so i presumably this is i think we'll see this the week after next just because they're starting to feature it on warcom they tend to do the previews about two weeks out and then Obviously, um, you know, they're not, they're not going to cover it like a month in advance, are they? It's going to be within the, the next couple of weeks. So that's cool, as it's just a book release that could easily drop alongside, you know, other AOS stuff, maybe. Who knows? We also saw a new Orc model on Warcom today, and I absolutely love this guy. The Were Boys. These are <laughs> psychers who specialize in turning people into squigs. And then the squid goes mental and attacks anyone standing next to them. <laughs> Such an org thing. Yeah. I, I I mean, it's a really cool model. It's really cool to see the orcs getting loads of love, like a, a, a massive new wave of releases. On, like almost like a new army aesthetic for them. Um, and it pleases me to see a faction like the orcs getting so much love, what that means for other older factions like the Eldar in the future. Yeah. Um, you know what excites me the most about this this model the fact cool. that we haven't seen the rest of the model because the the the, the article says he's also got a mounted option oh right <laughs> i didn't realize that so i uh, presumably but remember on this the, the trailer we saw a chariot getting pulled by a squig yeah so i imagine you've got the option of taking him on the back of one of them and then maybe if you build him on foot you then get the artillery version of that chariot oh wow so, yeah, I hope we see him soon because that would be really cool. 
Yeah, they sort of come out of nowhere, aren't they, these Snagger boys? Like, really, no one was expecting an Orc release. And if, I think if you were to ask anyone what do you think the next Warhammer 40,000 big release is going to be, Orcs would have been right at the bottom of the list, having had the Speed Freak stuff not so long ago. Yeah, and um, again, this 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 kind of gives high hopes for the older ones. Because well, obviously we had a, 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 a couple of years ago now, a big, very evil Suns-themed release, giving them loads of new vehicles. Where now we've got all the snake bites, all the savage kind of stuff all come out as a wave so as they're working through the different clans it gives lots more models to the range so Mm. could we see something like that for the old dog going through all the different um, aspects maybe yeah i hope so i mean it 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 does it's really cool to see that um armies like this getting and it's not like just one or two i mean look at the sisters of battle they had a whole new range of models this year as well Mm. um you know with all the the paragon suits the special characters the new tank um extra characters like the palatine and the dogma um so i mean yeah that that should really i mean even you, you think of like armies like the tau who haven't really had any new kits for a long time now could we be seeing like new battle suits new tau auxiliary units and things I'd like that i'd love Tyranids. i'd love to see new auxiliaries you know all the crew toxes and crew hounds redone and some new crew yeah. units maybe that'd be fun yeah and i, I think there's a very real possibility that's what we'll see mm. You know, whereas, yeah. whereas a year ago, I would have said no chance. Tau won't be getting anything new. You know, Orcs won't be getting anything new. Tyranids won't really be getting anything new. I don't think outside of like a lieutenant model or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm well chuffed. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. That's also not the most exciting thing we've had released today. There's been a lot of news today for a quiet news week. Uh, Imperium magazine comes out on the 25th of August. If you've been living under a rock, this is the second 40k part works in which you get an awful lot of stuff. Um, most of Indomitus, you get the, uh, uh, what are they called? Vanguard Marines. Yeah. The, they're all in there. Oh, from um, Shadow Spear. Yeah, exactly. You get Gulliman, you get Kalgar, you get the Sisters of Battle launch box in there. You get hundreds and hundreds of pounds worth of Necrons kits with most of their range in this magazine run. Mm-hmm. A load of scenery, some Adeptus Mechanicus. You, uh, we have got an article over on the website where you break down the value and you do save quite a lot. Again, this is with the caveat of if you want all this stuff, by subscribing you save an awful lot. If you only want bits and bobs, you might want, just want to buy those individual issues. Well, I know you... Yeah, or split, you know, we split we split the first run of the magazine between the three of us, and you know got a load of scenery, a load of paints, Space Marines, and Death Guard, didn't we? Yeah. So um, yeah, so 25th of August, that's not far off. Um, you, I know you attempted to go in this uh, alone, Dave, with all the models. I I am yes yeah. So my plan is to do because obviously I've got a little bit of a Necron force, which has kind of been on the, the back burner recently. I, I I had like a big um a few weeks where I painted loads of Necrons. I think I, I kind of been waiting for this magazine to come out to get mm. back on those. And um, yeah, for the space Marines, I was only discussing yesterday on the stream. I'm thinking of doing them because most of them are easy build kits. So they're a bit awkward for the death watch. So I'm thinking of doing a, a, a tome keepers army with them. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds really fun, Dave. I, uh, yeah, you I, spray them wraith bone, Dave, and then use the yeah. snake bite leather into the recesses and you're yeah. away there. Yeah, and that'd be really quick to do as well because you're not trying to paint those white surfaces. Then you've just got the the exposed bits. Yeah. Well, they're almost they're um, they're they're more of a, a bone color, so uh, you'd be looking at more like um, skeletal horde or something. Or even um, I could start with Zandri dust or something. I don't know. I haven't decided yet, but um, 
Yeah, they're more of a, a bone color rather than white. Okay. Well, it's, they, they should be. They should be some some fun to paint up anyway. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I'm I, I I'm 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 tempted to pick up this as well. Um, because some really cool stuff in there, and I've been meaning to do a big Space Wolves army for well since Indomitus came out. Indomitus is still unbuilt in the box. My uh, Space Marines from that, so I could do a quite sizable Space Wolf force with that. Obviously, this is back of the list after all the other projects I've got at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah, but it looks pretty good. What are your thoughts on the magazine from what we've seen, uh, Jay? Um, I was looking at it earlier on because obviously from a Sister of Battle uh, stance and. Arguably, the Sister of Battle are probably the least represented in there. Um, I've already got the launch set, and um, you know you've got a pretty much every box you can pick up in the Sister of Battle range is gorgeous. So you don't really want to limit yourself just to the same launch set Sister of Battle troops choices and things like that. So I've decided not to go for it. But looking at everything else you get, I think if you're getting into the hobby, you know you've just started with your friend. This is the perfect way to get into it. You've got four armies in there you've got special characters in there which you wouldn't ordinarily see in a in a series like this now that you've really surprised this... me you know gulliman in a what is it eight eight pound magazine yeah that's crazy so i think i think if there's one or two of you uh or even three three or four of you chip in and and, and just get into 40k the magazines normally come with like introductions to the rules and little scenarios you can play introducing new mechanics as the models that come out you get the paints you get the scenery by the end of the collection, you're all going to have very sizable Space Marines, Sister Battle-ish, Mechanicus and Necron forces with scenery and all the paints you need. It's a it's a cracking entry point into the hobby, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're probably talking a thousand points of sisters you're approximately getting that launch box, but the the, oh, the Necron bad, stuff you get, uh, you must be over two thousand points worth of Necrons there, and probably likewise with the Space Marines. So, yeah, you know, you. you a lot of a lot of uh, bang for your buck there, and obviously it's spread out over over the course of the run of the magazine without having to go out and buy it all in one go. Again, really suits the kind of uh, the I mean, new Warham- starter. Yeah, Warhammer's an expensive hobby. It can be an expensive hobby. to go out and buy a thousand point army. You have to put down a bit of money, and I think that's a, a better way of getting into it. I mean, I know when we were younger, Dave first getting into it, and we were just spending like paper round money on Warhammer. Yeah. Uh, you know and pocket money on warhammer and you couldn't really you'd have to save up a while to get something in it took a while to get a force that you could use something yeah. like this would have been brilliant when we were younger i think to get into the hobby you know yeah. just collecting a space marine army over the s- series of a couple of um, months would have been brilliant mm. Mm. yeah and you, put, you, like you mentioned earlier in some of the in some of the like the scenarios they put in the magazine it's very much aimed at the new hobbyist but um it, it will let you play with the models that you've collected so far which is a really nice way of doing it rather than you know, you can't play until you've got 2,000 points. The newest edition of both games, arguably, Age of Sigma and 40K, it's a lot more open for those smaller games. And arguably, I think both games are most enjoyable at those smaller points values yeah, as well. So, uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I do enjoy the big games, the match play games. And there is there is something appealing about seeing a big army on the battlefield. But you're right, those 1,000 point games, 600, they're so much fun. I love playing them. Yeah, so I, I, at least one of us will be collecting this run of magazines. So the plan is uh, feature all the all the contents and share our hobby antics as it goes along. I think mm-hmm. amazing, and that is the news. So my my small news section is spilled in quite a section there, Dave. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, quite a big section there. Uh, but some really awesome stuff coming up, and I can't wait to see the uh, the preview on Saturday uh, with Eddie and um, I assume it's Eddie and um, Adam again. Adam. Yeah. yeah. Dave and Adam. Oh, no, Eddie and Adam, you're right. 
Right, we shall take a pause and we'll come back with a little bit of a discussion on Warhammer Plus. So we had a fair few weeks ago now, we had a Warhammer animation online preview, which introduced something called Warhammer Plus, which was going to be uh, basically a vehicle to watch these Warhammer uh, animations, but we didn't really know much else about it. On Wednesday, it was, wasn't it? We actually mm. had, uh, there was a stream on Twitch uh, hosted by Warhammer community discussing Warhammer Plus in its entirety what you get for your money, how much it's going to cost, and when it's going to launch. So, Matt, do you want to take us through what, what exactly we saw? Yeah, I mean, we, I don't think any of us were really expecting what we got from the uh, the, the reveal, did we? You know, if we knew that the, the animation was going to be a big part of it, and I think we'd said on the podcast like two days before that you're not going to get away with charging £5 a month for just those half dozen shows at launch, are you? You know. No. Netflix and Disney Plus, there's a lot of content to, to work through where, you know, maybe eventually Warhammer Plus will churn out loads of animated content, but uh, we felt at launch, well, there wouldn't be really enough. And yeah, it was pretty much mic drop from the start, wasn't it? So <laughs> what we'll do, we'll run through kind of what what is Warhammer Plus and then we'll kind of have a deep dive into each segment. So as we mentioned, you get the animations. Also, they've got a, a bank of filmed content so in-house warhammer hobby shows in addition to that a digital vault of classic warhammer publications and white dwarf magazines full access to the warhammer apps so both the warhammer 40,000 app and the upcoming warhammer age of sigmar app uh, premium access to events special subscriber offers and a free miniature worth 25 pounds with the option of purchasing a second miniature they revealed it will launch on the 25th of August. That's going to be a really busy day when we're doing the Imperium magazine and the uh, <laughs> Warhammer Plus deep dive. You know, you can watch Warhammer Plus while building your own Imperium magazine stuff, maybe. Absolutely, uh, yeah. well. And it'll cost four ninety nine a month. So we got that on the nose, but obviously there's a lot more bang for your buck now. Or you can pay £50 in one go and that gets you the whole year. So essentially you get two months free by paying up front. So, yeah, that's a lot to take in. Um should we talk should we talk miniatures first guys sounds good so as part of your subscription at the end of the year and this is this has ruffled a few feathers in some places at the end of the year you will be sent one of two exclusive miniatures there's a vindicar assassin on like the ruins of a uh adeptus sororitas kind of temple statue thing and he's kind of like in a little crow's nest in there uh or you get a a uruk what is he a mega boss He's a mega boss, yeah. And he looks he looks brutal. I mean, that Vindicare Assassin is possibly one of the greatest models they've done. I mean, I can I, I, I looked at that, I do like it. It's really, really nice. And I think I'm more interested in the conversion possibilities of that model. That that piece of scenery he's standing on, I think is more impressive than the uh Vindicare Assassin himself. Is <laughs> <laughs> it is really cool. Um so and obviously you get we get one of these for free now some people have been like oh well if you're paying in advance the whole 50 pound lump sum why don't you get the model straight away and i think that is a valid question to be fair yeah i i think i think if you, you you're paying outright you should get the model early um i can see why they do it otherwise to stop people subscribing for a month getting the model and then canceling the subscription 
But if you've paid £50 in advance, yeah, why do you have to wait for your model? I guess it's the logistics of it, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, it is. It's going to be hard to differentiate between the two different types of accounts. So, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. I, I've got no real issue with it with it coming, I guess, next August. Yeah, uh, nice yeah, it will be. It will be. And they said they're going to do a, a different pair of miniatures every year. So every subscription period, you get to pick one of them. And they have said that the other miniature you can purchase, but it's exclusive to subscribers. Making them both of those models will probably go for quite a bit on the uh, secondary market. Yeah, you know, if you think how much, uh, you know, store exclusive figures go for, this is subscription tied figures. So all your scalpers aren't going to have it because they're not going to be paying a £50 sub for each uh, scalped figure that they want, are they? No, wouldn't have thought so. So, yeah, so really, really good. Um, I'm I'm torn. I mean, I'll probably end up with both of them. Let's let's be honest. Oh, me too. I mean, I love my assassins and obviously got me uh, me Oruk. So, yeah, definitely need both of these. I love the um, the Uruk, I think, is my favourite so far. I need to have a close look at the both, but I really like that Uruk. Uh, Dave, you said something the other day that he's he looks a lot like the old Grimgor Ironhide, sort of, the way he's mm, positioned. Yeah, so. I, I mean, I can't take him. I didn't realise that until I saw people talking about it on the Uruk Warclan's Facebook page. But now they've mentioned it, I absolutely yeah. agree. And there's been a lot of that recently, hasn't there? Kind of callbacks to old miniatures. Most of the Underworld stuff this season has been like that. Um, yeah, no, I really, really like it. Now, obviously, the main draw with the animation, and I guess we've kind of covered all this in the past, isn't it? Now, it's not all going to be available at launch. They've said there's going to be a couple of episodes, I think, of um, Angels of Death and Hammer and Bolter will be at launch. And then almost every Wednesday, which is a very precise way of wording it, there'll be new episodes and new shows coming out. So, I think on the animation side of things, it'll be a slow burn, I think. I, I don't think it's going to be a case of we'll see all that content straight away. I think this is going to be a gradual thing that gets introduced to it. And that may also turn people off who are going in for the the animation side of it. I understand why they do that, because they want to maximise subscription revenue. They keep you watching by drip feeding the, the episodes. And I think if it wasn't for all the additional stuff on Warhammer Plus... That would have been the stumbling block for me. I mean, we mentioned that previously in the podcast, haven't we? Just that if you're paying £5 a month, if they can't keep up the rate of getting the animations out, that would have been an issue. Now, obviously, they've counted that by having loads of extra stuff on there. I was uh, going to say, for me, the, the animation is the bonus. The fact that you yeah. get all that other content for 4 99 a month, even cheaper if you subscribe for the year, to me, and then on top of that, oh, I get some cool cartoons every couple of weeks as well. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I already subscribed to the Age of Sigmar app. I don't subscribe to the Warhammer 40,000 app, um, but I've been tempted to. Um, and the fact you're getting that £25 model, the thing pays for itself. <laughs> you, you're actually up at the end of it. So. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the animations. The, 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 we saw oh, some yeah. little teasers of them on the kind of like sizzle reel in this trailer, and it looks really good, doesn't it? Sure. When we were kids. We're like, how cool would it be if there was a cartoon Warhammer, a film Warhammer? And this is it, Dave. We're living in the uh, we're living, in the we're golden living. age now. We yeah. are living in the golden age. Now, they did say the episodes are going to be 10 to 20 minutes. So if you're expecting like hour-long animated epics, you're probably not going to get that. But it's, 
uh, there's what about 12 different shows in development obviously we've got two at launch and i think some will follow and there's been mentions of obviously some age of sigmar uh, stuff as well and this is something that grows i'm guessing depending on how popular warhammer plus is that's a lot more revenue into funding these shows as well so i've got high hopes for these i hope uh, I, I have as well and i actually think it won't be long before we see the first full feature film yeah exactly and, and that could premiere on warhammer plus as well yeah yeah you know they've got a you know a captive audience there speaking of shows though and this is something that we didn't expect and, and kind of in hindsight i don't know why we didn't expect this they've got yeah. some warhammer tv content so not not live streams these are uh produced well shot kind of programs that are running on the on the channel so they've got citadel color Masterclass, which is i, I looking at it, it seems like a callback to the kind of two hour long videos that duncan used to do oh, you know where it's like paint archeon in, in mega detail you did the your lrel oh, and earth yeah. so this is where warhammer tv stuff features essentially getting things on the battlefield quickly and showing you kind of like techniques that you need to learn to be a painter the masterclass stuff is doing advanced techniques so uh you know maybe we'll see non-metallic metal and advanced blending techniques and stuff like that presented by louise sugden who is a phenomenal painter she um i when she joined the warhammer tv team i was a bit okay because her stuff is is kind of way more advanced than anything we'd do and a bit more complex compared to some of the introductionary stuff we see on the youtube channel and i guess this is why because she can show off those more advanced techniques you know she's painted stuff for the forge world studio all the all the Forge World squigs and goblins and stuff are painted by Louise. So, yeah, if you've seen any of her models, she does crazy stuff, such as being able to paint a model in negative so that when you switch the colours, it's the right way around. Yeah, that was the horror, wasn't it? The yeah. Was. Yeah, that was awesome. Clearly some kind of witch that needs burning at the stake. I mean, yeah, she's clearly insane, but, you know, <laughs> still a good painter. Yeah, so really looking forward to that. I think... Um, that way there's there's stuff pitched to every level of painter then within the official gw stuff which is really good um it's a i'm kind of surprised they haven't got darren latham to do it since he had his series essentially covering the same didn't he and i think he got a slap on the wrist because he shouldn't really be doing that while working for games workshop uh you know his his non-metallic metal guides and stuff like that so yeah should be interesting in addition to that, there's another new show, Lawmasters, hosted by Wade Price, where he talks about the law. And there's loads of YouTube uh, channels that go through the law and talk through kind of the backstory and the history. The advantage DW have got is we've got the official seal of approval. This is the law presented by a guy who, you know, Wade used to run the um, the Warhammer 40K department. So He's he's got a lot of 40k knowledge behind it. I'm sure equally reams of uh, AOS uh, lore as well. And I'm really looking forward to checking out these shows. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, these... I'm really looking forward to them. Yeah, I was going to say the, these are the shows you sort of listen to while you're painting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could see I could see them having I don't know Phil Kelly on an episode telling us about the history of Gurr, and that'd be really really interesting to me. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think it'd be really good. Really looking forward. And he's a, he's a really good presenter as well, is, is Wade. So, yeah, yeah really is. looking forward to that. Another show that we've got coming is Battle Report, which does what it says on the tin, really. These are, are uh, filmed battle reports. Now, a lot of you, we can see it too. A lot of battle reports online is a top down camera 
and um, maybe not necessarily the most pretty. Some channels do go to a lot of effort, and we, you know, we've tried to do more cinematic stuff, but it takes an awful long time to film, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, these are GW-produced multi-camera battle reports with, you know, decent quality painted miniatures on decent battlefields. I think reading between the lines of what they were saying um, on the stream is these are going to be your more cinematic masterpieces and the fact you've got multi multi hit camera setups and all those gorgeous models is going to make for some really unique battle reports that we don't really see anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> he made me laugh when he says, so what kind of things do you want to do? And he says, oh, uh, things like the Siege of Terror. <laughs> I was like, all right, start small then. <laughs> uh, yeah well on the on warcom they've got you know what about the battle of rin's world or alariel's right of life from broken realm kragnos where we've got her and her entourage of tree men holding off an entire army of beastmen. that yeah. sounds so cool doesn't it and you know they're gonna have the cool studio scenery as well and a big oak of ages in the center I'd, do you know, the one i'm going to submit straight away the first one it won't be the first one we see but it's one i really want to see do is the war in the webway I want oh, to see the war in the web with the Titans as well. We go... Yeah, I want I want to see the Ignat and Warlord Titan fighting. I can't remember what the name was the, re, the it possessed Reaver, wasn't it? Oh, no, it was oh. a possessed possessed Warlord, I think, with the Custodians, the Sisters of Silence, and then all and the Mechanicum, and then all of those demons coming at them. Yeah, you know cool. the, the bit I like in that is where they've got the uh, the defense turrets, like an alien shooting down the demons yeah. as they're approaching. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but but this is the kind of stuff that they can do. So I'm really excited for this. People are going to kind of turn the nose up at this saying oh you know there's lots of there's lots of battle reports online and someone did make a good point on the stream yesterday a lot of it is down to the personality of the presenters as well because you can have the most elaborate well-produced beautiful miniature battle but if the presenters aren't engaging then it's not going to be fun to watch now we know that um nick is on some of the the footage on there nick Basin's a you know a really nice guy i forget the name of the new fella uh i want to remember it dave i'm I'm sure he said his name was pete it's definitely not Pete. <laughs> definitely not Pete. It's definitely Keep not talking, Pete. Matt. I'll but find yeah. out for you. So, so yeah. So we've obviously got this new guy in. Um, it's um, yeah. I I don't know if he's he's been part of Games Workshop before. I certainly don't recognise him. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to checking these out and seeing what we get from this because i'll certainly be tuning into these and again if they're weekly or every couple of weeks that'll be again another cool thing to have on in the background while painting though <laughs> you're probably more likely to watch those more cinematic ones than yeah i don't know about you guys battle reports i tend to watch passively i'm painting and listening in the background where if there's you sort more... of look up with something interesting happening but yeah th- that's going to be more like watching a reenactment isn't it than an actual um, like battle report we're used to currently yeah, definitely. So yeah, that'd be really cool. We his, also his name, his name Matt is Patrick. Patrick, oh, yeah. Close. Right, pa- first letter. Patrick Price, no relation that's to Wade. Nice. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that's cool. Also, the kind of mic drop moment was that if you subscribe to Warhammer Plus, you get your Warhammer 40k app. And your Warhammer Age of Sigma app included in that same subscription. Now, currently, is it about £3 a month for the 40k app and a pound yeah. a month for the AOS app? Yeah. So for an extra pound, then we're already paying you getting all this extra stuff, which seems like a no-brainer. That's it to me. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it pays for itself. If you currently subscribe to the 40k app and upgrade your subscription to a Warhammer Plus app when it comes out in a month and a bit, 
um, you get access to your free miniature three months early, I think they said. I, I kind of guess they've done that because because you've been subbed already. You know, you've already got. They already know that you're gonna you're potentially gonna stay subscribed for longer. Yeah, and it's a nice it's a nice gesture for the people, the, the loyal subscribers who've already been uh, been members. So yeah, yeah. so n- nine months to get our miniatures rather than twelve. So I'm quite excited about that. Um, they also said there's gonna be a freebie as well for for people as well. They haven't gone into the ins and outs of what that is. So that'll be cool. Um, Age of Sigma is also getting a new app. We kind of guessed this anyway, didn't we? Um, that it'll presumably use the same system as 40k where there's codes in the back of the battle tomes and that unlocks the content in the app the uh, and i know there's been mixed opinions on the 40k app but for looking up stats it's really good for that i've i've been using that rather than battle scribe um, the current aos app is good i know a lot of people are a bit unhappy that that's going and getting replaced with this new one we're just going to see how it is at launch i think they've probably learned a lot in the last year since the 40k app has come out yeah, think, I'm, I'm hoping they add to it as well. I hope you can, you can do stuff like with your Path to Glory and Crusade in the apps as well. That'll be cool. Yeah, that'd be really, really good. I, so. I think what people who, who use the Age of Sigmar app at the moment are concerned about is, I, th- I think the Age of Sigmar app, as it currently is, is very basic, but that's kind of the good thing. Like, you can very quickly bring up your War Scrolls. It's very easy to make an army in there. And I think people concerned, after hearing the horror stories of the 40k app, that they're going to make it a bit too bloated, a bit too hard to use but like you said matt they've had plenty of time now to fine-tune the, the app and it i i think it's i think it's a really good app and i'm being completely honest there um i, I do enjoy using the 40k app yeah and certainly for looking as a reference book it's, it's really good so obviously sigma at the minute all the rules are free we'll have to see what the what the situation is for the new the new aos app but you know at the end of the day if you're getting this part of this warhammer plus subscription it's a non-issue for me really yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely a benefit to the to the sub. So that's all a lot of cool content. But you know what? That's not everything. We've also got the Warhammer Vault. So this is going to be a collection of out of print Games Workshop publications. So some of the examples they gave was the Gathering Storm series, the Sanctus Reach series, all these maybe the um, Malign Portent series, the Realm Gate Wars, all these kind of expansions and supplements and stuff that aren't in the current lineup will be available as um digital versions of those original books so we're talking better than your ropey scanned pdf that you found online these are probably based on the original uh digital files that they use to make the books which is really cool they also said that you're going to get um the entire white dwarf in there eventually now at launch they said that all the 2020 white dwarfs will be on there and I believe the stuff that they've got pictured on the article as well. So Gathering Storm, Malign Portance, Forbidden Power, the Realm Gate Wars, all that kind of stuff in there at launch. And then again, every week or two, in fact, no, every week, more book stories and White Dwarfs will be added to the vault. So that is a massive draw for me. Yeah. I think you said it really well on the stream yesterday, Jay, about using White Dwarf for inspiration for your painting projects, but it takes up an awful a lot of space having all of those issues yeah yeah i mean even even old supplements i mean i've got i've had to relegate them from the main bookcase because they're not compatible with the current system but they're nice to have for looking up color schemas and bits of lore and 
you know, when the Soul Black Grave Lords were coming out, I dug out the old um, Vampire Counts army books to have a look through. And it's nice to have that stuff for inspiration for your battles, but you're not necessarily want to, you know, have it on your bookcase the whole time because there's been a lot of White Dwarf magazines now. I think we're in the 500s now, are we? We're getting that way. Oh, yeah, there's tons, yeah. <laughs> So yes, that's that's really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing um, what we get in there. But there's more. There's more guys. So they've said that Peter subscribers will get VIP benefits. Now they've been kind of a bit coy about this, and let's not forget, there's going to be a lot of Warhammer Plus subscribers. So uh, whether it's jumping the queue for events, whether it's early access for tickets for events, I can see happening. Um, I. I with the number of subscribers, I don't see it being how to put this. Yeah, everyone's going to be a VIP. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, basically that's what I'm trying to say. Like with the Warhammer Fest that didn't happen last year, they had the golden tickets, which were limited to like a small. I think there was like 50 golden tickets, and you got front row seats for all the seminars, and you get an exclusive goodie bag. I don't think it'll be stuff like that. I think it's more likely that you can buy your tickets early for tournaments and events and stuff. And maybe there'll be a special Warhammer Plus seminar or something that you guys can see. I wouldn't expect you to get anything over that. I think that's maybe setting expectations a little bit high. I could be wrong, but just based on the fact that most people at the event are probably going to be Warhammer Plus subscribers, they can't make it too exclusive, can they? No. Just no. for capacity. No. What was interesting, though, they also mentioned that you could get uh, free badges. They do quite a lot of freebies with, um, you know, in-store pre-orders. And they used to have, like, pin badges in um, mail orders as well. So stuff like that as a, as a bonus for being subscribers fun. And um, they also mentioned that perhaps there could be a discounted rate for subscribers to buy Games Workshop gift vouchers. That's very good. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. save a little bit of money. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. So, so some perks. So that's cool. They said that we'll learn more about these closer to the launch. So it wouldn't surprise me if at launch on the 25th of August, they have some kind of big, they did it for um, last year after the stores been closed a while. I think it was if you spent £100 on Forge World vouchers, you got £20 free, which is really good. That kind of thing is a little incentive. It'd be uh, a nice little extra. And again, pretty much pays for the price of the subscription as well. So, yeah, that is the gist of Warhammer Plus. What do we think, guys? I mean, I, I'm I'm subscribing. <laughs> you know, we, we are massive GW fanboys, but I think this is worth it, personally. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely subscribing. I mean, I already subscribed to White Dwarf, and I'm sort of thinking in my mind that I potentially could cancel the White Dwarf subscription because I think this would give me... I mean, I, I, I like my White Dwarfs, and I do read through the White Dwarfs, but it... it it, it's much the same content we're going to see on here anyway. So if you were, if you were a bit, you know, you're budgeting, you've got the option now of this or, or white dwarf, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah I'm definitely subscribing. Cause I guess eventually it's not going to be, you know, it could be like next year, like this year's white dwarfs appear and eventually you'll get that content in the vault. Won't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, so, but, but I was really impressed. It, 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 it was more than I was hopeful. I, I was, um, I was always a bit wary about, just how much and how um, frequently we'd get the animated content uh, based on what we'd seen so far. Um, and I think 
that's not such a big issue anymore because I just see that now as as the as the bonus to the rest of the stuff you get with Warhammer. Yeah, and, and we see that all all the other stuff's got a weekly release as well. You've got that strange little caveat of nearly every week you get new animated shows. Yeah. And I think it's going to be, they are currently making the stuff right now, aren't they? And that's the limiting factor. There's a bit of a bottleneck. Yeah. But no, I'm really, I, I'm really, really impressed. I, uh, much better than I thought. We, I, I thought we'd have the awkward show where it's like, yeah, it's cool, but is it worth five pounds a month? For this, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. I, I, I don't know. You said at the top of the, the segment, Matt, how do we not think they might do more in sort of in-house programs? Because yeah, it's obvious. We've it's... even we've even been in there and we we know that you know they've got quite a bit of studio space in there, quite a few different little rooms and stuff. And um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm surprised we didn't. We saw job adverts as well, but it just we didn't, did. didn't click. It didn't click, and I believe they've expanded the studio as well, so they've got more more studios in there. It's a, obviously a big project, and like you say, it's the stuff that. Battle reports, it's cool doing them live, but there's just something about that professional multi camera setup with cinematic shots. That is, I think that's the big difference for the battle report stuff for me. Yeah, I think the battle reports for me, I think the main draw is the animation and the apps for me, and, and potentially the exclusive event stuff. The bonuses are like the Warhammer Vault and, and very much the battle reports. Um, I, I do watch quite a bit of like. YouTube battle reports, tabletop tactics, mini wargaming and stuff. They put out a lot of battle reports. What you're going to get with this one is you're going to get more of a premium battle report. You're not going to get them as often. So I wouldn't see it as like the main draw to get a Warhammer Plus subscription because I don't think they're going to be that frequent. But when you do get one, like you keep saying, it's going to be like quality, you know, lots of camera angles, uh, heavy metal painted armies. You're going to see a lot of units that you wouldn't normally see on youtube battle reports because they've got access to pretty much everything haven't they yeah exactly and and of course they've got the advantage of they you know if we know say for example we know that the stormcast and the uruk warclans are coming they can start filming that content now and have an elaborate thing with all the new models and everything on the day it goes up for pre-order yeah so yeah i'm uh i'm very interested and will certainly be i mean to be fair i'll probably just pay for the year subscription yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do, just <laughs> just buy it outright myself. Yeah. Um. Obviously, what we'll do when when we've got access to it, we'll probably do a bit of after a review episode, won't we, and going into the various stuff. And is it worth it? And it could be that you know maybe maybe it isn't what we expected. It isn't what we thought it'd be. It, it's very hard to say on this definitively until we've actually seen the content. You know, it's all well and good saying something that's going to happen until we've actually seen the shows. We can't give a full like you know seal of approval, can we? No. Excellent stuff. So um, we'd like to know your thoughts. Um, you know, will you be subscribing to Warhammer Plus? Let us know on social media. Um, really good to see what you guys uh, think. We're going to keep the subject of Warhammer Plus going with our next segment, which is our top three, and that is coming up next. So we've just been talking about all the exciting content that is coming to Warhammer Plus. However, the options are almost endless because think of all the cool stuff that they could add to the subscription service. So for this week's top three, we're going to be discussing that subject. What stuff would we like to see on Warhammer Plus in some shape or form? Matt, would you like to start us off with your third choice? Well, 
Obviously, the vault's a biggie for me, and I want to see Gorkamorka and Diganob added to the vault so I can reforge the glorious revolutionary army of the Rebel Grots and take back the, the rightful land that is there and fight their orc oppressors. Uh, and you know, on a serious note, I think if if they put old OOP games on there, that'd be really fun. Because Gork and Walker, you could easily buy a start collecting um, orcs box and put together a Gork and Walker army. And it'd be great market research, wouldn't it? You know, if they see a lot of people jumping on Gork and Walker, they'd be like, hold on a minute, do we need to bring this game back? Yeah, so I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, it's a really good choice. Uh, Jay, what is your third choice? Uh, my third choice is all about those battle reports. I-, I can't wait to see some of the cool battle reports. We talked about the war in the webway uh, earlier on the podcast, but there's so many cool battles like the, the Lord of Rings Battle of Pelennor Fields, um, a big um, Mines and Maria sort of walking through all the, the mines, culminating in the um, fight with the Balrog at the end. Imagine all that with the music playing and all the light effects and things. Um, yeah. I can't wait to see what they do with the, the battle reports. And I, I, I really do think it's going to be a completely different style of battle report than what you can see. So, you know, you go to YouTube and, and go to Spruce and Brews for your, your regular battle reports, but then you go to these when you, you want something a bit special. Nice plug, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I decided this week that I was going to be a little bit silly with my suggestions. Or are they silly? Or are they, are they actual genuine ideas? So my third choice... Obviously, Warhammer is a fantastic hobby, but there's something I like to do whilst I am painting and playing Warhammer, and that is drink brews. So I would like, for my third choice, I would like a deep, thought-provoking brew-making and tasting show hosted by Nick, all your different kinds of Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, it should be peachy, shouldn't it? Why is peachy not presenting the brew show? I don't know why I said Nick. I meant peachy. I meant peachy. So you'll we're be, talking like disappointed. each week you could focus on a different kind of tea. You could talk about the pros and the cons. Uh, you could have a special episode, maybe once a season, where you go into a deep discussion about which biscuit is best for that particular brew and why it's hobnobs. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a really cool idea. Get on it, Peachy. <laughs> I've just I've just got the image of Dave sitting in a travel tavern talking into his little um, <laughs> little microphone about idea for show. <laughs> <laughs> Warhammer fans taste brews. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I thought it'd be a really good idea. Uh, Matt, what is your second choice? So my second choice is a guide on doing the non-metallic metal scheme for Zigfold. Oh, Obviously, yeah. on on the masterclass, we're going to get more advanced stuff. This is the kind of thing that you wouldn't see in a in a in a, in a YouTube video um, currently from uh, Warhammer TV because way too advanced take way too long way too complex uh, but i hope that's the kind of thing that we do see on louise's videos yeah that you know there's not going to be much in the way of handhold and these are advanced techniques i think yeah cool uh jay your second choice uh my second choice is a sort of behind the scenes series where they go into the studio and they talk to some of the sculptors the rules designers I mean, we see like the Phil Kellys and Ben Johnsons and, and whatnot, like that, but there must be a ton of people. I mean, we go to a lot of the sort of open days and things and you do get to speak to them there. Um, but that's really the only place you see them. Uh, and it would be cool to see 
like the inner workings of Games Workshop, how they come up with ideas for armies, you know, sneak peeks maybe on what they're working on, like the 3D renders and things like that. Yeah, um, oh, that sounds really good. Even that stuff like how the molds are created and hmm, stuff yeah. that we don't see. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, you should pitch that to him, Jeff. That that is a really really good idea. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, it kind of touches on my second choice, but my second choice is far sillier than that. So my uh-huh. second choice is, you know what's big on TV, guys, especially now, seeing as a, a certain Love Island is coming back on the telly. I would like to see a reality show set at um, <laughs> Lenton Lane, <laughs> where we've got like a Big Brother style um, Warhammer reality show, um, where we see the, the the daily the daily workings of the, the likes of Nick, Peachy, and uh, Wade, and all those uh, weekly t- silly tasks. Um, a proper reality show. Although we wouldn't want anybody to be voted off because then we might not get all the extra uh, excellent content. Um, but that was my second choice, a Big Brother-style Warhammer show. Uh, we're round to our top choices. So, Matt, enlighten us with yours. So, for this one, I thought we, the, the main thing was the animation. So, we're going to go with a cool animation, haven't we? And I thought, what would be a great show to see on Warhammer Plus that we haven't seen before? Well, bear with me. Bear with me. There's, there's some kind of like, I think there's some fellas kicking around a football tomorrow. I don't know the details. But uh, that got me thinking, what about a t- an animated show featuring a underdog Blood Bowl team scrapping <laughs> their way through a league and the various antics that happen every match? I think that'd be <laughs> such a good concept for a show with, you know, there'd be a, a, a few minutes of the action of the of the actual game itself, but a lot of the actual episode is about what's happening in the in the changing room or off pitch and the various betrayals and antics that are going on. I think that'd be really, really fun. Absolutely. That sounds that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome as a graphic novel as well. It would, yeah. yeah. And you could just call it under, underdogs is my yeah. uh, my title. <laughs> like it. I really like that. Get right in some episodes, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay, your top choice, please. Um, so Games Workshop have, have been producing a lot of sort of um, online content over the last few years. Um, they've got their Hangout and Paint. Uh, they've got their painting tutorials, like you say. Uh, they do all the online previews now. Uh, and pre-COVID, they also used to invite um, members of the uh, community and fans on to play games of Warhammer. Uh, and you could watch them play live. And there, there have been some great um, games between fans and staff and fans and fans. Um, and I'd like to see a sort of um, a highlight. Like we see when the World Cup comes around, they sort of play highlights from World Cups over the years. Highlights of games over the years. And there's a couple of really cool games I'd probably like to see a few highlights from. Um, involving like Archeon maybe and his sword. Uh, you know, those, 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 uh, someone got sucked into it, I think, Dave. I can't remember the, the chap's yeah. name now. I seem, remember memory, Nag- I seem to remember Nagash <laughs> failing to kill someone as well. Uh, I think it was the same fella. I don't know. He didn't fail to kill him, actually. He, he, <laughs> he killed Tamerkin with his sword in the end. He just failed to kill him with um, the kind of dust. Which was <laughs> so like highlights and bloopers then, Dave, to account for those kind of things. I will never, 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 never get over Archeon killing my Morkrush with the Slayer of Kings. I will it will I will never live it down. I will never forget it. Um it will forever scar me. Honestly. Never forget, Dave. Never forget. <laughs> never forget. 
equally equally to, to to stop the wind up dave uh theme of this one do you remember the time vince notley launched about eight death strike missiles at my hawks in a single oh, yeah. as well <laughs> such a good game that awesome. great top choice jay well my top choice is i think an absolute no-brainer so what they need is they need a discussion show on uh warhammer plus and it should be hosted by three guys. These three guys, I've got the following names. One of them is called Dave, one of them is called Matt, and one of them is called Jay. That is the Spruce and Bruce show exclusive to <laughs> Warhammer Plus, which is basically us three just chatting about Warhammer like we do on the podcast, but with Bruce <laughs> and in a video format. And maybe we'll throw some Warhammer in there, throw some dice. The Spruce and Bruce show exclusive to Warhammer Plus subscribers. Ooh. I think they'd see their numbers jump up. Are we thinking like a chat show with like guests on, like you know Graham Norton and whoever? We could we, we could have a chat show element. I'm open to suggestions. Um, I, I think I think that would work quite well. We could do different things on locations. Uh, I think it would work really well. On location, we go to Dave on the surface of Cadia. <laughs> like a like a Dave, news report. Thank you breaking up. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I'm 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 just thinking. Uh, Something very Alan Partridge here. I don't know. <laughs> I know, yeah. I didn't say it would be serious. It could be a comedy. But um but yeah, that was that was, that was my top choice to, to finish off. And I'm I'm disappointed that neither of you came up with that option actually. But, uh, <laughs> but there you go. So they are our top three choices for this week's show. We do have the community top three choices. They're coming up in the final segment of the podcast, and that's next. It is the final segment of this week's show, and it's time to delve into the community top three picks. So, Matt, over on Twitter, what do we have? Well, Immortan Joe says consistent and varied content, including opinion pieces. Reliability in how you access the shows, the apps have to work and be accurate, and audiobooks in the Warhammer vault, because being able to listen to older stories whilst at work is a godsend. <laughs> Fabius Fulgrim says Songs of Chaos brackets praise. <laughs> oh, I had that one. <laughs> Played uh, by the Sisters of Battle. On exactly. A, um, a Mordheim animated series. That'd be really cool. Yeah. And an Apple TV app. Now, this is something that we, they didn't really go too far into. We don't know whether it is just a bespoke app of their own to access it through your mobile devices. If if they want it to be successful, I think there really is going to have to be a smartphone uh, app for it, isn't there? Didn't they mention they were working with a very famous streaming service? They did, did they indeed. They, they, they said they were working with a major producer of streaming software. So presumably right. we'll get we'll get something on, you know, Samsung TVs or the TVs are available. But I think if there isn't, that could hinder the enjoyment factor for watching some of these shows. Yeah. Uh, Evan says older editions of White Dwarf, maybe with articles, videos, getting people to talk about their first issues. That sounds like a really good idea for a show. A behind the scenes series following the process of creating a model from start to finish and a series exploring the development and history of GW art. They're all really good ideas that I really like and should have stolen them myself. Martin Orlando says a painting video on colour theory, which tends to be more important in fantasy miniature painting than any one technique. A codified explanation of what event perks are, even though I'm buying them in sight unseen anyway. 
as I said, I, I don't know if they're going to be that massive, but well, I might be wrong. And then finally he says, see my tweet uh, for HBO AOS. I have tried to find <laughs> Martin's tweet on that. Can't see it, but I'm oh. guessing some kind of like live action HBO style AOS <laughs> series, which would be amazing. Right. I've got to search for this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, JP Riley 94 says all the old White Dwarf magazines and animated Horus Heresy series. Oh, that'd be so good. And a series of Tale of Four Gamers that would serve as a great intro for new gamers. Four hobbyists from the studio each start a new army and have multiple objectives each week slash months that new hobbyists may face. That is also a phenomenal idea. And if they don't do it, they need to do it. Uh, Cygnus Vaximus says early pre-order access to Gamers Workshop Forge World Black Library products. Warhammer Adventures animations for the youths. And old Hammer content, interviews, lookbacks, etc., preferably coinciding with made-to-order offerings. That's a really good shout. Yeah. And uh, Mousebait says orcs, pins for loyalty, and Twitch badges. So there you go. Some really cool ideas there. Yeah, some really really good choices. Uh, Matt, what is next week's top three? So next week, in fact, this very Saturday, Dominion is with us. So we want to know your three favourite things about Dominion and the third edition of Age of Sigmar. Excellent. You can get your choices in early via social media, facebook.com forward slash Spruce and Brews, or over on Twitter at Spruce and Brews, or you can wait until we put the uh, post up, usually on the Sunday or Monday, before we record and reply to that been a really good show guys very much looking forward to um watching some warhammer animation hopefully uh, in august yeah should be really really good fun uh thanks for listening as always uh we look forward to speaking to you again again next week and until then have a great week of hobby speak to you all later bye bye, bye. thanks for listening to the spruce and bruce podcast for more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com and if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruceandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash spruceandbrews. <laughs>